Joining me today, we've got Michael Katz, good friend of mine, covers Wyoming, the Wyoming Cowboys. So it's going to be fun. We're going to have just a little bit of a back and forth. Before we get into it, though, I do have to talk about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. Right now, you can get a 15-can sampler through Davidson's, which has two locations, one in Highlands Ranch, one in Centennial as well. Super convenient because they'll deliver right to your door. I don't know about Michael, but I hate interacting with liquor store employees. It just makes me feel super uncomfortable. So the idea of getting it delivered to my house, super, super clutch. Pick up some Strawberry Sky, some Avalanche Ale, Hot Peak IPA, all those fun options. Shout out to Breck. Michael, how's it going, my man? It's good, man. Uh, it's not snowing and I still have my power. So that's an upgrade from the last few weeks. How has the adjustment to Laramie gone for you? You know, you're a, you're a Cali guy originally, so that's kind of a, a big adjustment. Yeah. Whenever anybody asks me, they're like, hey, where are you from? And I say California. They just, they kind of chuckle for a second and they're like, okay, how are you doing? <laughs> um, but it's funny because like, you know, I was in Boise before and I thought I was prepared for like this, but like Boise is more like California than it is like laramie like weather wise like it doesn't really snow that much in boise and it's not that windy it's pretty mild for the most part and then i got here and like my first i think it was my first week here it was negative 10 and i was just like (laughs) oh boy did i did i sign the papers like is it too late (laughs) oh and then you have like the classic may and june snowstorms too i like so uh, the radio guys I go on with uh, every Monday, they've been like joking with me. They were like, hey, just wait till that June snowstorm. I was like, it's not going to happen, man. Like it doesn't snow in June. And then we had it, I think it was like two or three weeks ago and my power was out for 12 hours. Classic, it classic was Laramie. It's always like the most inconvenient times too. Like whenever I have to drive up to Laramie for a basketball game or something. I'll be following the forecast all week and it'll be like clear for like five days in front of it. And then that morning, it's always like, oh, today there's 85 mile per hour winds. So prepared to get blown into a ditch. I I was running on uh, like Thursday and it was like, it was, it was cloudy, but like it wasn't supposed to rain until like five. Right. I was Uh like, okay, I'm good. It started hailing so hard. I had to like hide in the trees. Oh my God. And I was just like, I was like, is, is this how it ends? Like, is this one of the plagues? Like are locusts the next one? So I don't, I don't want to get you in trouble with your audience here. I, I'll be the bad guy in this regard. Um, I took some heat, obviously, the other night from, from some Pokes fans. When I, My theory is that if you're a rural program and you have less threat of like players going out to nightclubs and, and stuff like that just because they literally don't exist there, Maybe that better prepares you for COVID-19. A bunch of Cowboys fans took that as me saying, like, there's literally nothing to do in Wyoming. There's not a lot to do in Wyoming. I get that there are some things to do in Wyoming. What do you think about my theory about Laramie being better than maybe somewhere like Los Angeles? I, I think it holds water, like, in a certain sense. Like, like you look at, like, LSU, right? And like, clearly they started testing people a little bit after they'd already gotten back and like players that had the opportunity to like go to nightclubs and stuff. And like, that's where a bunch of their positive tests came from. And so if that doesn't exist, then those numbers are probably like way down at LSU. And so I think from that perspective, like, I don't think there's a huge risk of 
I mean, there's always ways to get in trouble wherever you are. Like college kids are going to do college things, right? But yeah, absolutely. Um, I think here, one, yeah, like there isn't like the uh, the crazy like nightclub life like there is in Vegas or LA or anything like that. Um, but two, like these, like they they just like I I I think they would be like perfectly content like not going like outside again until the football season. Like they just want to play, and so. Um, you know, Craig Bull's got a pretty good lockdown on the kids. Um, they're, they're pretty responsible. Um, so I, I think in that way, your theory makes sense, but I don't think it's necessarily applicable to the Wyoming situation because they got tested right when they got on campus. That's um, a good point too. Yeah. So I, I kind of have to give it like a month to see if it actually ends up holding any weight, but it is interesting that you brought up the players just want to play because that's kind of what I've heard from a couple of different beat reporters. Now the buffs. Um, I've talked to some other Mountain West schools and it it just kind of seems like after, especially after that LSU incident where we saw like how quickly this thing can just kind of escalate, it seems like players are kind of just policing themselves. Like the schools don't really have to do a whole lot because they get it. They want to play and, and they know how serious this is. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was one of my big questions and, you know, we're doing our kind of preseason uh, magazine stuff. So I've been talking to a lot of players over the last few weeks and, um, you know, I, I kind of picked their brains. I was like, you know, you know what happened to LSU. You know what happened to Clemson. Like, you see what's happening in Texas and all these big programs that are not having great, you know, turnouts in terms of uh, the COVID numbers. And, uh, you know, I asked Bowl about it and he was like, well, you know, you know, we can only control them when they're here. Um, but we think that they're smart enough to know what's at stake. And so then I asked a couple of players and, you know, Chad Muma, uh, who's going to probably kind of try to take over for Logan Wilson, a linebacker. Um, and he was just like, yeah, man, like we're, if, if we see somebody doing something dumb, like we call them out, like we are policing. And I was like, I, you know, I don't think that happens under most situations. Cause I think college kids are usually going to let their friends be college kids, but I just think there's so much at stake right now. And everybody's so, I mean, I, 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 in one way, I think that everything that's happened to Texas and Clemson and, and LSU has opened people's eyes to how like quickly this can happen. Um, and yeah, you know, I know most of the the, the cases at, at Clemson have been fairly mild and blah blah blah, but it's it's not really the point. It's 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 the spread of it that's you know that we're they're trying to contain. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend yesterday and, you know, USC had one positive test come back. Which is um, pretty good for, you know, which where is that is. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. And so, you know, it's like, I'm thinking like, if USC can do it, you know, Clemson, you can do it too. You just, you have to have everybody buy into it. Um, no, yeah. It, it's going to take a lot of individual accountability and self-responsibility for all of this to happen. Just logistically, I, I'm not sure if we can expect like every team in the country, you know, just like we said, college kids are going to do dumb things. It only takes a few of them to really mess it up for everybody. Given that, how do you feel about, you know, the, the 2020 season, the future of it in terms of going on, you know, like without a hitch, do you, do you feel like we're going to be able to get a full 12 game season in? I don't know if it'll be a full 12 games. I think there will be, a pretty hefty amount of the season, but I, I think my big thing is with out of conference games. Yes. definitely. Um, and, you know, in speaking with Wyoming's athletic director a few weeks ago, 
you know, he kind of brought up the hypothetical, like, you know, Wyoming's playing at Louisiana Lafayette this year. Um, Louisiana is not a great place to be right now. Um, and, you know, they're handling things different than they are here. And so, you know, he said, you know, if a week before the game, like there's an outbreak, like we're going to cancel the game. Um, and so there's just so much like, and Craig Bull, when I talked to him about it, he was like, he, he's been doing this forever. He's doing his 37th, 38th year coaching. And he was like, the only time I can ever remember when the schedule was ever up in the air was 9-11. And that was only for a week. Because that was like a one-time thing. Like you knew, obviously everyone was on edge and everything was postponed for a week. But this has been three months and we still don't know. Oh, man, uh, I, didn't, I didn't even think about it like that. I mean... It is definitely unprecedented territory. But. No, it is. And, you know, I remember it was a huge deal when, like, the, the Mets played, like, the Yankees or whatever for the first time and back in 2001. They came back and played New York for the first time. And, yeah, Bush and throw out the first pitch. It was a huge deal that. for the country yeah. and stuff. Um, but, you know, ultimately, that, that, was a, that was a two-week thing that was – you knew what – you could – that was – it was contained. Like, it was, a, it, was a, it was an event. It wasn't a, a pandemic. And so – he brought that up and that really made me think like, wow, like this really is like, we really don't know. And so, I mean, I, I think that I, I would be hard pressed to say that the season won't happen because as you know, there's so much money involved in college athletics. That's yeah. That's what I keep coming back to every single day. It's like, if, if they don't have football at all, the, the financial ramifications uh, for not just football, but the athletic departments as a whole. Football's what pays for everything else. Yeah, it would be devastating. A lot of and maybe at you know maybe you have to do that at some point. I don't know. That's not really a conversation I want to have at this point in you know late June. But what a weird time to be alive. No, absolutely. And I, I yeah, I've been saying that a lot lately. <laughs> but um, um, yeah. I mean, it's um. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It, and, you know, is sometimes you get overload and you got to log off Twitter for a bit because everything just gets so damn negative. Definitely. Um, and and because of that, you know, we're not going to make this whole podcast be about, you know, the oh, the world is ending and COVID-19 because yeah. everybody gets it. We're all living it. But I am curious, as someone that went to USC, got to experience, you know, big time football growing up, big Reggie Bush fan, I know. Were you surprised at all when you got to Boise, when you got to Laramie, to see the type of consistent support that both of those programs have and the the type of, you know, football love? Because, you know, the Mountain West, obviously, nationally, it doesn't get a lot of respect. I think people pay attention to it probably a little more in California, just given that you have a couple of schools in there. Yeah. But, you know, what was your impression of the Mountain West going in? And have you been surprised at all about the support and, and the type of fans that they have? Yeah, I, I think my biggest surprise when I got to Boise and same with Wyoming was the facilities. Um, you know, I, you know, SC when I was there was just getting their new football center. So it like just opened, I think my, my last year. Um, and I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's awesome, obviously. Um, but like I go into Wyoming's facility and it's like not that different. Like it's, it's all pretty close, which I think was the most surprising thing um, that the resources were available and that they would want to invest that much. And I know a lot of it comes from the state and, and there's uh, other factors and whatnot. But I think that was the biggest thing was that the facilities were on par with, you know, 
Yeah, SC is not a national power right now, but usually a national <laughs> power. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't surprised about the support because I think that sometimes in those smaller markets, you get more support. That makes you know sense. What I mean? Yeah, because there's just less things to do. You don't exactly have exactly like in LA. Like you know, you could be a UCLA fan, you could be a Clippers fan, you could be a Lakers. You know, there's so much going on. It's kind of the same thing in Denver, right? Like there's no, oh, yeah, there's it, a it's lot. always hurt CSU. And it, it yeah, always there's will. so They're much Bronco going on. State. Yeah, and then there's other schools, and you know, here and in Boise, like it's the only show in town. And so, um, I think that that does help them to an extent. It, it does give them um, a built-in fan base. I mean, you go anywhere in town, and you literally like if if you aren't if you're watching a game at a bar here and you're not rooting for Wyoming, like you you just walk out, man. Like <laughs> they're gonna charge you extra, and it's gonna be bad. <laughs> Um, cause that's just, you know, it's just kind of the way it is. You'll get occasional like people from other schools like me who are implants or tra- uh, transplants, but, um, yeah, no, it, it, I, I wasn't super surprised with the fan base, but I was surprised with the facilities, pleasantly surprised It's um, they got some stuff, man. Like I look, I've been in their weight room and I was like, damn, this is like, it's definitely legit. I mean, they put a CSU and Wyoming specifically both have invested a ton of money in their facilities in the last decade to try and kind of catch up with some of these other programs. Now we're seeing San Diego state go ahead and do the same thing. I do have to ask you though, as somebody that covered Boise state, the blue turf, are you a fan or no? Uh, Cause I, I hate I it. I'll just be not, honest. I absolutely hate it. No, I think I can say this now cause I'm not there anymore. I still have friends there. I love, you know, I love Boise. Boise is a great place, but it just kind of, when you cover games on it, it hurts your eyes. It hurts your eyes on TV even. I, it's, it gives me a headache, man. And granted, it's like, yeah. I get it's I'm being a little soft, but it's because you, you do get used to it eventually. But it's just, it feels so gimmicky at this point. Like you don't need it anymore. Yeah, I mean, there were, I mean, there were times when like, you kind of have to like, you're looking at the field and like your eyes get like, like that big. And then like, you have to kind of like, back away for a sec because it's like it's like overload of like colors and they wear the all these like different color jerseys and it's like there's just it's like remember that episode of the simpsons where like they have the seizures watching the cartoons yes that's it exactly like, what it's it, like. like it's sensory overload sometimes, <laughs> right? um and so i i understand it's their thing and it's you know it's a big reason why they've become the brand they are so i understand why they wouldn't want to stray away from it but no totally i think you know if it was my program thing i'm sure the fans would be like it's like tradition you can't go away from it exactly i mean it's it's why people in 2004 or 5 started caring who they were like it was it was that one freaking it was the game against oklahoma and then everybody started looking at their field oh yeah the 07 fiesta bowl man what art maybe that and probably and i know i hate to bring this up for you but the that and the 06 rose bowl Probably the two greatest college football games of my lifetime. Well, I was at one of them. You can guess which one. (laughs) Hey, are you happy that uh, USC and Reggie Bush finally seem to have mended their relationship? Yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. They totally scapegoated him. It always rubbed me the wrong way because it's just like, I mean, how are you going to blame an 18-year-old kid for off for accepting what you throw at him and then you act like he was the one i don't yeah. know it just it never sat well with me yeah i mean i, I i'm a big Pete carroll guy but he should have gotten more of it than reggie did <laughs> see that's the thing i do like pete carroll and i think he's a great football coach 
But that's another thing that kind of bothered me. It kind of feels like he knew the sanctions were coming. Oh, he bailed. He bailed. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he was like, oh, not my problem. And then, yeah. you know, you're you're impacting the next five years of recruits. Yeah. And whoever else gets hired. Oh man. No, he uh, it, it's funny because he he came back on campus and was doing like speeches and everyone was like, Pete Carroll. And I was just like, man. It shorts her memory. Like, <laughs> you know, like I remember how pissed we were when Carol left. We were like, "Oh, he knows something." Like, oh, totally. I mean, my dad, like, my dad hated him. So, like, it, it just cracked me up because as soon as he took that Seahawks job, he's like, "You know that asshole's up to something. He knows it's coming." And well, plus, because like he had had better gigs lined up than the Seahawks at that point. Oh, totally. Not a great gig at that. No, point. and it is. I mean, it, he's obviously turned it into a yeah. A no, great, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the whole Pete Carroll, uh, our relationship is interesting as I have a signed picture from him in my living room, um, <laughs> in the Rose Bowl, but, uh, the whole Reggie Bush thing, I mean, by all accounts, you know, I wasn't there when Reggie was there, but I've heard Reggie was like a good kid who, I mean, I mean come on. He was a celebrity in the biggest sports place in the, in the country, um, for playing for, at that moment, like was the team in Los Angeles, which is saying something. Well, that um, I mean, that USC team was as popular nationally as any college football team that I can remember because Reggie Bush was that exciting. Yeah. And you know, like I, I got into another debate on, on Twitter about the the Heisman Award. Obviously, that oh, yeah. year, Reggie won it. Vince Young had a strong argument as well. They obviously won the national championship, so people you know, that supported him in that regard are always going to go towards it. But to me, I just remember how captivating Reggie Bush was. And there, there aren't like a lot of athletes that really compare to that. Like Kobe, when he was hot, LeBron in his stretch with Miami, they're just like one of those athletes where when they're on, you have to stop whatever you're doing and watch it because something amazing might happen at any point. Yeah, and like the only baseball player who like that, like I'm a Dodgers fan, but Barry Bonds was like that guy. Yes, and I, God, I hated him as a Rockets No, fan. I hated him, but like I think he once said like, I'm in scoring position when I'm at the plate. And I was like, oof, he's not wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean those uh, Reggie Bush, I think revisionist history is really strong with Vince Young. I mean, Vince had a great year, of course. He was minus the bowl yeah. game. No one can take that away. He definitely deserved to be second. He was above liner for sure. Um, but I think what he did in that championship game kind of skews what the regular season was and how good Reggie's regular season. Like Reggie averaged 8.7 yards a carry on like 1600 yards. Yeah. And it's, it's not like he did that on like 20 carries. We're talking on like almost 200 carries. He did this. Yeah. No, it was. And like 13 I mean, yards I, a catch. I've, I've never, I don't know if I'll ever see a, a guy like that again. I mean, it was, it was, I was lucky to be growing up around there at that time. And like, I remember, I think it was for like my 17th birthday. Um, my uncle used to be SC's photographer or my great uncle used to be SC's oh, wow. photographer. So he got me on the field for the SC Washington state game. Um, and I just remember like on the sideline, like seeing Reggie run. I was like, that dude's, that dude is different. Like, he, everyone else, it doesn't matter how fast they are, is running in slow motion compared to that guy. That's how I felt the first time I saw Christian McCaffrey play in person when he was like 16 at Valor Christian I, High School. I, I, and I, I, I mean, 
McCaffrey. <laughs> I think if you put McCaffrey on that USC team, he does similar things as Reggie Bush. Yeah. I do think Reggie Bush was flashier in a sense. Like, you know, Reggie Bush was hurtling people, yeah. just like making literally video game plays in real that life. That Fresno State game was like... It was just what it looks literally like when you turn all the sliders down on NCAA football because you're like, I'm throwing 80 on the board in this game. Yeah, I no, want to try win the Heisman. No, that one that one move down the sideline where he literally just kind of stops and like kind of goes back and then cuts across. I was like, I was thinking like, okay, if I if I had my controller, I would do this. Like that's what he did. And like that you're not supposed to be able to like think of a of a guy doing that. God man, Reggie Bush was so much fun. I will say. And I will die on this hill. If he was in the NFL now, he would have been a lot more successful. Absolutely. They just, they didn't use him right. They wanted him to be a three down type, you know, between the tackles running back. Eventually they kind of figured it out with him the, yeah. and they started using him as like a, a dump off screen type back and stuff like that. But totally. He, and you put him in like a spread offense. Yeah. Use him like they use Camara. Yes. Ah, oh, kills me. And that's stupid turf obviously yeah in st louis but yeah so yeah i i reggie i know some people consider him a bust i don't i think he had a, i mean he had a, long he had a career. good career like it, it wasn't career. like he was bad in the nfl he was no, I mean, he had a couple thousand yard seasons he i think he fine. made a pro bowl or two yeah um but i think everybody expected him to do what he did at sc and that just there's been one dude who ever did that and his name is barry sanders oh it's just so i mean look at like all of the legendary college football players since like 2000, like, you know, the Tim Tebow's of the world, Vince Young, even like how, how rare is it for them to actually come in and, and be that stud. And part of me kind of feels that way about Joe Burrow. I think he has all of the tools and I'm, I'm really intrigued, but it's like Cincinnati's not a good situation. Their O-line's terrible. You got to go against great defenses. I, I hope it's not going to be like a Carson Palmer situation. Man, we're just hitting all the SC notes today, huh? <laughs> no, I gotta uh, cater to my audience, man. I, yeah, I know right. when I I know who I'm bringing on. I know what's gonna excite him. Carson Palmer, yeah, it, you know he. Some people weirdly consider him a bust too. He was like a but starter in the league for a decade, made the playoffs he was a like bunch of times, thousand yards. Yeah, he's not a bust at all. People, but that's just. It's but he won a Heisman. Deal. Was yeah. the first pick. Yeah, he no, wasn't they, the best of all time. He didn't. Yeah, they expect you'd be a Hall of Famer. I will say he did have some great wide receivers, though, which which probably helped us cause. Oh, for sure. And that is one thing I think that's helping, that will help Joe Burrow, is that assuming A.J. Green is back from the dead and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. Like, there's some good skill players. I mean, their line is a travesty. But, um, you know, at least he'll he'll be able to get the ball out of, hand, out of his hands quickly because if he holds on to it, he's going to get smashed. That's a good point. That was kind of like the big difference with the Broncos when they put Drew Locke in versus Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco would just drop back there and stand there. Dude, what are you you waiting for? I love Joe Flacco. I love Joe Flacco. Like, I love, like, awkward memes, but I hated him as the starting quarterback for my favorite team. Yeah, he, I mean, let's be honest. He had maybe, like, one of the greatest postseasons of all time. And outside of that... Oh, I remember. I remember vividly. Oh, that's right. That's right. Raheem Moore. That might be like the lowest moment. <laughs> no, there were definitely lower moments. I went to a, a Tebow-led Broncos game where they lost 9-6 to to the Kyle Orton-led Kansas City Chiefs. 
<laughs> it was terrible. I t- the worst part was I was like in high school and I paid a bunch of money to take my girlfriend at the time to her first ever NFL game. And that was the product. She, I mean, she didn't really care, but I was just like, I can't believe it. You had to see Kyle Orton beat you. Oh, that's tough. Not man. much worse than that. Another Broncos legend of the game. Kyle Orton's <laughs> just like a legend for everyday dudes, though, because if that guy can make it to the league, then anybody uh-huh. can make it to the league. I know he, he, he gives, he's like, uh, was it Eddie Curry? Like he just like yeah, kind of overweight, yeah. like Brian Scalabrini, like those guys who were just like, dude, I see him in 24 hour fit at 24 hour. Like every <laughs> week. How did this dude make it? Yeah. Yeah. No, Kyle Orton definitely gave people hope. Right, I'm going to get back on track with cats here in a second, but first the sports landscape is ever changing. And this week is no different. Luckily for all of us sports fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app has us all covered. For a limited time, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. This week is full of action from golf to European soccer to UFC, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. And that's not all. Head to the app now and check out the special odds and promotions that will be available throughout the week to help you make it rain. They're based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. One of my favorite functions. Such a better deal than some of those sketchy, you know, we don't have to name the sites, but you know what we're talking about, the ones where they make it really, really hard to to deposit, withdraw. They just make the whole process sketchy. DraftKings Sportsbook, based right here in the U.S., so you can deposit and withdraw at your convenience. Right now, DraftKings is offering their best sign-up offer to date. You're not going to want to miss this. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That code DNVR to get your sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I always, I always love the warning. You got to do it. You get in trouble if you don't give the warning. <laughs> speaking, of, uh, speaking of a little bit of action, USC 14-point dogs September 5th against my Alabama Crimson Tide. How do you feel about that line? Surprised it's not bigger. <laughs> that USC's defense is going to be pretty legit, I think. I mean, I've been saying that for 10 years, though. Like, it still hasn't come through for me. <laughs> uh, you know, they have a, I think their quarterback is legit. Keaton Slovis can play. Um, that kid's a stud. That's what our Bubs Rider was saying yesterday. We did a, a college pod and we were kind of talking about the Pac 12, and I was like, Every year, you know, I hear USC, they always have a top 20 recruiting class, all this. They have the great athletes at receiver corner, safety, running back, all that, but they don't have the quarterback, but it seems like they finally do. Yeah, and so, you know, obviously it was tough to see Daniels, who was the really big recruit, uh, transfer out and go to Georgia, I think it was. But, you know, he kind of saw the writing on the wall that he wasn't going to get the job back because Slovis played so well. I think the offense is going to score a lot of points. I think that air raid for what SC has right now, really good skill and not great line play is really good because you can get the ball out quick downfield shots. It, it just kind of works for what they are right now. Um, you know, the only reason I think that is that low is because Tua isn't back. Um, you know, uh, um, I, I, 
I'm never, I mean, I watched that game a couple years ago where it was like 52 to three and then SC won the freaking Rose bowl that year. So like, I know one game doesn't like define it, but all I ask is just don't get blown out. <laughs> it's tough. Cause like, I don't, as an Alabama fan, I don't fear USC at all, but I know that like that game a couple of years ago doesn't actually mean anything, but it's yeah. still just that like false level of confidence. Like I drink eh, so we fine during that game, dude. <laughs> I had to. It wasn't even like a fun game to watch though. Was like I, I was stoked about that game and it was just like five or six minutes in. It was pretty clear, like, oh, this is this is bad. And that was uh, a couple games later we turned to my my Lord and Savior Sam Darnold. <laughs> I hope he works it out with the Jets, but I just don't have a lot of faith in Gase. Yeah, I don't have faith in the Jets. I covered him in high school. How weird is that? That's crazy. I I covered a game his senior year. I was Small like, world. Yeah, I was like, this is the SC kid? Because he just committed, because he was a Utah commit for a oh, while. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then he became a four-star. Mm. Um, and so I remember like walking by him on the field. I was like, this dude's built like Andrew Luck. Like he is huge. And then he their team won like 50 to six. <laughs> and then you're then you were sold. Oh yeah, then I was, yeah. <laughs> I I was I'm sold on every five-star quarterback USC's ever had. So that's I've, been let down, I've been let down a lot. See, when you cover a program like CSU or Wyoming, you don't have to worry about the the five star quarterbacks letting you down. Exactly. Just don't no, it's true though. Like, because then you know you get a Josh Allen, and it's a pleasant surprise. <laughs> oh, Josh Allen, he's uh he's going to be one of the more intriguing players in the league this year. I I'm not like a Josh Allen hater like most CSU fans are. I'm not a Josh Allen supporter like Tracy Ringlesby is, <laughs> but I do think he'll be good. Yeah, no, it's he's got like there's like big like MVP bets on Josh. I know. Allen. It's and like I'm a, like I don't think I go I don't that far. About that. I don't think he's gonna put up the numbers. Exactly. I, I think, think they'll be fine. What he does. Well, and they don't need him to be. They have a great defense. They got a good running game. Like if you if you have him out there throwing 40 attempts a game, he's gonna make some bad decisions eventually. And you're probably losing. Yeah, another good point. And so. I think he's just the kind of dude that's like, he just does enough to get the job done. Um, I think he's going to be a lot better this year with Diggs. I oh, think that's yeah. Agreed. I mean, their wide receivers were pretty. Oh, pretty they were good. awful. It was just him out there, you know, kind of improvising and throwing to like John Brown, I think. Was. <laughs> yeah. John Brown, Singletary, the running back or whatever his name was. Yeah. And like whatever's left of Frank Gore. <laughs> Shout out to Frank Gore. Still going strong. Representing the U back when the U actually mattered. Dude, I remember him getting drafted in like 2005. <laughs> like, <laughs> God. Has it really been that long? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. I did, uh, did want to ask you though, where are your favorite spots in the Mountain West to cover? Where, you know, have, have you been to most of them at this point? Yeah, I think... I think I've been to all of them. Yeah. I haven't been to Hawaii yet or San Diego State. So I've been to Hawaii, but not the university. Oh, yeah, but not the University of Hawaii. Like I've been there for like vacation, but not like to the campus. Um, That's okay. It's not like Hawaii is known for their football facilities by any means. So, yeah. Um, so favorites? Yeah, your favorite. We can do least favorites after too. <laughs> least favorites, pretty easy. Fresno. <laughs> Fresno is terrible. I actually had a good time in Fresno just because I. The like hotel I stayed at ended up being like kind of kick ass. I thought it was gonna be shitty, but then it was like this massive room 
And I had a, a buddy from the CSU beat who stayed like two rooms over. So we just hung out in Fresno, got some drinks and stuff, but what a terrible uh, town. I just remember like in my hotel, there were like, there's like a huge stain on the floor. I was like, I hope that's not blood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was just happy because they had an in and out and I was really excited about that. They'd get in and out. um, So that like made it okay. But I'd say Fresno is definitely toward the bottom. Uh, Their stadium's kind of cool though. Huh? Fresno stadium's okay though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the Save Mart Center, is that the basketball one? That's yeah. like not bad. Uh, Reno is okay. I didn't just, I just didn't really know what to do there. Reno just feels like gross. Reno feels like um, the the like old part of the strip in Vegas. It's just like, yeah. why are we over here? Yeah, no, uh, 100%. 100%. Um, I loved Albuquerque. Albuquerque rules. It gets a ton of hate, but it's like there's great food. That, it's yes. really affordable. Yeah. Other than during the balloon fiesta, which is when CSU played them last year, it was like, of course, hotel for like nine hundred dollars <laughs> when it's normally like eighty. Yeah. But the food alone makes the trip to Albuquerque worth it. No, absolutely. Like as a as a Guy Fieri stand, uh, the first thing I did was like look up triple D places, and I went. And I was like, this is amazing. I love this. Oh, the green chili. So good. It's everywhere. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Albuquerque is, is, is up there. Um, I mean, Las Vegas, yeah, duh, right? <laughs> Vegas is well, just I just fun. feel dirty every time I go there. Nothing good ever happens. Pretty much. Yeah, the last time I was in Vegas, a uh, crazy stalker radio host tried to fight oh, yeah. me at the basketball arena. So Yeah. Actually, I won money last time off the Lakers. Um Anthony Davis wasn't playing and they were playing the, or no, uh, yeah, LeBron was out against the Pelicans and I put money on them and they came, they came through for me. And I was like, never been happier to be a Lakers fan. Today. <laughs> um, and then there's just like, there's kind of like the harm. I mean, San Diego's great, but San Diego can be a lot. Well, and San Diego's also not really like a, I mean, I haven't been there yet, but I don't think of it in terms of like San Diego state. Like I think it'd be a fun town to go to. And I bet the campus is really cool. But it's yeah. it's not like a college vibe to me, you know. No, no. There's there's so much going on. It's like it's kind of like L.A. Like, yeah. There's so much to do, and it's great if you're going on like a vacation, like with your family, your friends, or something. Um, but not like what I would consider like the college experience. I am dying to go to a basketball game there though, and check out you know Viejas and and the show and all that. You want to meet the grandmas? Yeah. I I, I you know. <laughs> I still can't believe we didn't have an NCAA basketball tournament. <laughs> like me too, because I, I placed a bunch of futures bets. I just, I sometimes think about that. I'm like, man, that really sucked. It, and it was such a wide open year. Like there were the non-college basketball fans, the, the guys that only watch it to see the NBA draft prospects, were like, "This year sucks." But to me, it was super exciting because it was like San Diego State. Like we'll see how good they are. I guess like. They're good enough shooting team that they could really make it interesting. There were teams like Creighton who were, who was a lot of fun. I don't know. I just Creighton was a Final Four team. Yeah, Obi Toppin's like one of the most exciting yeah. college basketball players I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. I think it was going to be a good year, like for me who hates like the Blue Bloods. It would have been really good for me because, like, I think. I mean, I do think Kansas was the best team, like, yeah, and I wide margin, but they choke so frequently. I was gonna say, and I never trust them. Uh, You Uh, shouldn't. My whole uh, family lives in Kansas, and they're constantly disappointed. 
And also SC had a pretty good team this year. And I was like kind of bummed because I think they were going to like be a sweet 16 team. Dude, Pac-12 football is a wild ride, but Pac-12 basketball is like taking acid. It is absurd. That's because of Bill Walton. (laughs) Listening to a Pac-12 game is definitely like being on acid, but... I love him so much. Sometimes it's like 99.9% of the time I'm down for it and I love it. The only times I do get a little annoyed is like when it's like a great game and it's like the end and it's like an important moment and he's going on some tangent and I'm like... Come on, Bill. Rain it in for like five minutes when, and go back. Dead. It's all the same song about like <laughs> life. And I was just like, damn, that hits, that hits, that's a deep cut, dude. So I just I like, he thought of that at like a, a Grateful Dead concert in the middle of it. He's just like, you know what? I saw the same song, man. I will, I will say his, um, uh, is it Dave Pash who he does games with? Yeah. God he handles it well. Yeah. He handles he, it well. Because Pash is good too, because Pash works with like other legit dudes doing NBA games and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Not that guy's not making enough money. That's for sure. <laughs> and I'm sure his agent brings that up frequently. Uh, speaking of hoops, though, I'm curious, what is your what is your first impression of, of Jeff Linder and this new staff and how they've kind of hit the ground running? Obviously, really important that they were able to keep the roster intact. I, you know, going into it, I thought Linder was kind of the perfect hire. Oh, uh, me too. Yeah. Just because, I, I mean, I know people who knew him. He wasn't in Boise when I was there. He was already at Nor- uh, Northern Colorado. But I know a lot of people who are like, this is the guy. Like, this is the next big thing. And just in in talking with him and uh, a few times over this weird three months, uh, he just gets it. Like, I don't know. He's um, he's really passionate and he's a really intense guy. Like he, he'll be the first to admit it. He's like, there can only be one of me on staff. Cause then the kids will just leave. Like he, <laughs> he knows what he is. And so he surrounds himself with staff that is different than him. Like Sundance Wicks is one of the guys that he got. Who's like a really like cool, loud, outgoing guy. Who's like the complete opposite. Also very, very Linder. respected so, in this region. So yeah. And so he, he understands what he is and what he brings and what he lacks. And, um, I, you know, I don't know if, if a lot of coaches who, you know, I know, I know he's in Northern Colorado for what, five years or whatever. So he's got, a, yeah. he's got an okay track record, but it's not like he's a, a, a super well-established, like known commodity for a lot of people. Well, there were folks that were floating Tim Miles name there. Oh, and yeah. I always kind of heard that Wyoming couldn't afford him. So it kind of really wasn't in the conversation, but. Yeah. And there are people who wanted like Larry Shy to come back for the 10th time. <laughs> See, and I and I'm never a fan of the retread. That's what Air Force no. did. Air Force went back and, and went with a retread. And never just, works. No, it's what are you going to do better than you did last time? Exactly. It's like you know you might get the fans on board for a year, but pretty soon they'll turn on you when you're not winning. Exactly. Um, and so just in in talking with him, and you know they've put together. A, I can't believe the recruiting class they put together. Like. Very impressive considering the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, he hit the ground March 17th, I think, was his first, was when he got hired. And the first thing he did was drive to, you know, visit Maldonado and Quan and Kenny Foster to recruit them to stay. Um, And then he started, you know, he got a bunch of, like, good, like, three-star kids and um, kids who fit what he wants to do. He wants to spread the floor, and he likes, he loves shooters. As you know, that was one thing Wyoming did not do well the last few years. (laughs) Yeah. 
And they so had I, moments, but it was mostly just like let Justin James hit five threes here, and then and no, exactly. else hits a shot for the rest of the game. No, exactly. And so you know, I think Mal- Maldonado and Quan and those guys are really good pieces, but I think the pieces they're bringing in just. I think they're going to gel really fast. Like, you know, I'm not going to say this team's going to win like the Mountain West, but I think they're going to be in the middle of the pack this year for sure. Oh, um, I agree with that. They're, they, in they a lot of ways, game. I think they'll be like CSU last year who got, you know, picked to finish like ninth and ended up yeah. finishing like sixth. I, I think w- there are some good teams in the Mountain West next year. I think UNLV is going to be a lot better. San Diego State, obviously. But, you know, Wyoming should be competitive with anybody that they face. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is like they were in a lot of games this year that, especially late yeah and they and they yeah and and it's something they could never find the bottom of the basket at the end of a game that was a bad team who was able to do that so i'm like if they get better they should be in all those same games if and more of them you know i agree with that logic so yeah i mean i wouldn't be shocked to see them win a game or two in the mountain west tournament and then i think next year they're they're going to be a legit so I guess the 2021-22 season, assuming sports are back by then. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> um, I, I think they're going to be legit. Uh, I think they'll be a legit contender in a couple years. Yeah, the last thing I wanted to ask you before we, we finish up with just a little over-under game is who, who would you like to target if the Mountain West were to expand? This is kind of something that I bring up whenever I just bring on somebody that's familiar with the conference. You get a lot of different angles. I'll leave it kind of open-ended because it's always interesting for me to see like how people interpret this question and what they think the league needs. So I'll give you the floor to you. You know, If there was one or two teams out there who you would go add, let's say you are the commissioner. Commissioner Katz, I like it, has a good ring. Who are you going with? Uh, my first one would be North Dakota State. Easy choice. That's what, well, We're in agreement on one, so good stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I think that just, it makes sense fairly regionally they've been so damn good um give them a shot like i honestly think and i've talked to like wyoming staff about this they're like oh they compete within like a year oh agreed and and they're, they're a pretty good basketball program as well yeah and so i i, th- I think they would be a, a good asset all around for for the league and it, you know obviously football is is kind of king and I mean, no one's putting up a fight against them in the FCS. Like, give them a chance. Yeah, and I mean, I think if you add North Dakota State next year, they're already bringing more to the table than San Jose State. Oh, for sure. They're they're a bowl team their first year in FBS, for sure. Yeah, at at least. And I think they'd probably beat a team where it would, like, surprise people. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, they would would beat a top-tier Mountain West team, for sure. Um, And then within a couple years, they would be probably looking to go into the Pac-12 or like, you know, whatever's next, right? <laughs> so of course, North Dakota State in the Pac-12 would be hilarious, but... Um, I'd be so all North for Dakota that State just because it'd be hilarious. <laughs> they beat SC a lot. It's like when uh, uh, Boise State and TCU were going to join the Big East. That was fantastic. Fly 2,000 miles for each game. Yeah, let's, just, let's just get rid of the name. Just call it the Big. Get used to <laughs> out of here. Um, so North Dakota State would be my first one. I, the other one that... And it might be like a what have you done for me lately pick, but I think Weber State makes a lot of sense. They are really successful. You know, they've won the big sky like three or four times, I think, the last couple of years. Yeah, they're right here. Um, you know, they're right. They're in the same region as Utah State and and, and all those and, and those kind of things. So I, but my only thing is 
you know, they're kind of a Johnny come lately. Like they haven't been great for that long. It's been like four ish years that they've been really good. Yeah. Um, but you know, Damian Lillard played basketball there. Um, you know, I, I, I think they make sense regionally and I think they'd be competitive. They're obviously not like the, the sexy move that, um, North Dakota state would be, but, uh, and then my other one controversially would be BYU. See, I think if the Mountain West could do B, could add BYU back, they should do everything in their power to make it happen. Because, I mean, obviously you bring in the big national audience, but they're just, they don't really get along with any of the fan bases in the Mountain West already, which I think is fun. Like, you should want that, you know, the, the storylines are already built for you. No, they have, they have major Notre Dame energy. Like, definitely. Um, that like, no, unless you're like a BYU fan, you probably don't like BYU. Yeah, I think that's and like, that's really good for a conference. Yeah, because people want to watch teams they don't like. Exactly. Like when, when BYU beat SC last year, which I still can't believe happened. I, I, I mean, one, I was going to jump off my roof, but two, uh, I was getting, I was getting crap from people at the supermarket who were BYU fans. And I'm just like, Really? The worst this? part is like they don't like curse or anything. So it's like they're taking jabs at you, but it's like kind of polite, but it's always passive aggressive. And it's just like, I, I don't even know how to respond to this. Remember the, the shut the F up guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, iconic BYU moment. Probably got too jacked up on diet Coke. So you can't blame the guy. Uh, <laughs> I remember my first time going to a, I covered a BYU game. Uh, it was Tanner Mangum's uh, Hail Mary against Boise state. Oh, wow. Um, Good game. Yeah, it was wild. And I remember like going to like the refrigerator to get a soda and they had nothing with caffeine. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> I was like, what do I do? That's what I, w- I tried to go get a beer at a Buffalo Wild Wings in Logan and they stopped serving beer at like 8 p.m. Yeah, I actually went to that Buffalo Wild Wings this past year. Yeah, there's not a lot of options. Like it's all, it's all chains in Logan, but. It is. I kind of like Logan. Like it's not, there's not like a ton to do, but it's really pretty. Yeah. It's peaceful. Yeah. It's easy to get to the stadium. Like you don't have to deal with traffic or anything. Except I got locked in last time. Really? Like inside? Yeah. yeah, Cause I remember I kept on having to like call their SID and be like, Hey man, like this is locked. (laughs) And be like, Oh, well go, go this way. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Cause he'd already left. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, he's like he's like figure it out, man. I'm not coming yeah. back. They literally, he was just like, "Hey, man, oh, we're we're getting out of here." So I just like turn the lights off when you're done. I was like, "Okay, pretty trustworthy." I guess. I guess yeah. it is Utah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The last thing I'm going to wrap it up here with is just a little over under. I'm going to give you some stats, figures, whatever for Wyoming. You can justify it with why you took the over under. Before I do, though, I got to get my DraftKings pick of the week, and I'm going to go with a mile-high special. This is a two-leg parlay offered specifically for Coloradans. It is featuring the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup and the Nuggets making the Western Finals. Now, obviously, that's pretty steep for that to happen in the same year, which is why they're offering you crazy odds at plus 5280. You know, it's one of those I wouldn't put a lot of money on it just because the odds of it happening in the same year extremely slim. I do think the Avs are capable of winning the cup, especially I think the Nuggets could make a run and make the Western Finals. They don't have to make the NBA Finals. They only have to make the Western Finals. But still, having them both happen in the same year, 
pretty tough. I put four bucks on it. If it happens, I'll win like 200. I'll take that. If you're a local sports fan, might as well take it too. All right. Over under seven total wins for the Wyoming Cowboys. Over. Going over. So I actually, I talked with Craig about this, Craig Bull, the other day. So Vegas has them, I think it's six and a half or yeah. so. Um, and I asked him about that. And I was like, there's no way this team is worse than last year's, right? Because like everything is pretty much better, especially offensively. And he laughed and he was like, it's a good thing we're a long ways from Las Vegas. That's the nicest way I can put it. And I was like, okay, like he knows they're being <laughs> doubted and like he's going to play that up really big. Um, but obviously they got some tough games, but assuming the season plays out the way it's supposed to, a lot of them are here. Um, that is Utah, a good point. State, San Diego state air force. Those are all in Laramie. And I think that's huge. Yeah. Really their hardest road games will be Louisiana Lafayette, assuming that it happens. Yeah. CSU because it's a rivalry game. Yeah. Probably Nevada. I would say. Yeah. Nevada and Utah state's here too, but yeah, no Nevada. Um, I also think like the ball state game, assuming it happens just because it's a weird place. Could be sneaky. Yeah. You don't know your opponent, you know? Um, But, you know, I mean, they start with Weber. Like that's going to be tough. No, it really is. It's the one where it's like, you know, we just talked about everything they've done, but they'll, they're a team. They're going to put some points on the board. And if you come out and kind of, kind of lull, if they're able to like get an early lead, especially might clench up a little bit. Yeah, and so, uh, I mean, generally, I, I think Bull has the guys prepared pretty well, and I think this offense is going to be so much better with whoever the quarterback is just because their line is all back, the running backs are good, and both quarterbacks are a lot better than, uh, you know, what they had uh, toward the end of last year. Um, I, I mean, I, I would say I would, I, I would say over. I like it. Ram fans won't like it, but I like your justification. Um, four home wins for Wyoming. Like we said, a lot of their toughest yeah. games are at home, but they went 6-0 and up at War Memorial yeah. last year, so they are a great team in Laramie. Yeah, but another big thing is how many fans are allowed in, right? Another great point. Takes all the home field advantage out of it. Exactly. Um, but always playing here is tough because of the Cold, elevation. the altitude, yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to, let me actually, let me pull up their home schedule just so I don't miss any. They've got a Weber State, Utah, San Diego State, Air Force, Utah State, and Boise. <clears throat> Some tough teams. All right of those are winnable, but all of them are also losable. Yeah, I mean... Which I guess that's every game technically, but <laughs> you know what I mean. That was very uh, Booker McFarland of you. <laughs> one, one team is going to win this game and the other is going to lose it. Back to you. Uh, um... So I think they'll beat they'll beat San Diego State, they'll beat Utah State, they'll beat Air Force this year, and they will win one of the Boise or Utah or Weber games. Okay, but I don't know if they'll win two of them. So it might be like right at four. Right at four, we can take the push. <sighs> but I kind of want to be bold. I think they'll beat Utah. We'll say five. Five and one. I could see that. I think they will probably slip one of those. Probably Boise would be my guess, just because I think the the skill talent that Boise has is going to be really hard for everybody this year. But that's most. Years. Oh, but man, they hate them so much. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone hates Boise, though. That's and the last funny year thing. was so close. Like 
you know, the double the overtime game where the kicker missed late and like it was just yeah, so like it was there for the taking. CSU's been there, done that though. 2017, they were up uh 28-3. So wasn't this last year's game pretty close too? CSU plays Boise close every year, pretty much. Yeah. There have been like two blowouts in the last like six or seven. When yep. Boise first joined the conference, I think they kicked the crap out of them in like 2011, 2012, but yeah. they only lost like a couple of games during those years, anyways. Well, um, now it's going to be guys being dudes. Just so. guys being dudes. Assuming him. Sean Chambers is the starting quarterback, 18 passing touchdowns. He threw seven last year in a, a limited action. Under. Under 18. He is more of a rusher, which brings me to the next one. 750 rushing yards for Sean Chambers. He had 567. Assuming he's healthy, over. Assuming he's healthy. Assuming he is the starting quarterback, over. Um, But Think he can get 1,000? He could. I mean, dude, like him and Validator, it's a hell of a combo. Uh, And with eight guys who have started games returning on the O-line, like... Um, and then they're there, you know, bowl wants to run the hell out of the ball. He's never been shy about that. Uh, even when he had Josh Allen, he wanted to run the ball. Um, and so, uh, assuming he's healthy and that he is the starting quarterback, I would say over, but I just, you know, my last impression of Wyoming was Levi Williams leading the offense, like a well-oiled machine. And so it's kind of hard for me to get that image of him starting out of my head, you know? How long, like, how short of a leash do you think they're going to have with Chambers, just given that Levi is the better passing quarterback? It's it's going to be interesting because, um, you know, last year, you know, Levi was a true freshman learning on the fly, admittedly didn't know what was going on. And Vanderwall was clearly not as good as Levi has become. And so it was really Sean and that was it. And so now it's like, if the offense is stalling and then they've, they've said like, they don't want it to be like the old Steve Spurrier two headed quarterback attack. But like, if they can need to play two quarterbacks, they'll play two quarterbacks. They're not going to do it like every play, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, Jesse Palmer did back with Rex Grossman. But like, um, you know, I, I think, I, I I don't think they're afraid to put either guy in the fire because they know what they can do. So I, I don't, I don't know if he, you know, I, like I said, they really like Sean and he's a competitor and he's a good kid and he's, he puts it all out there. No one can, can doubt that. Um, but you know, there might be moments when the running game is clogged up and they're going to need him to make plays. And unless he's improved as a passer, they might have to turn to the other guy. It's going to be interesting because we saw with Mike Bobo and his first two, three years at CSU, he was super willing to be like, well, I'm going to try this quarterback. It's not working. And I do think that, you know, players need to have the the fear of somebody can take your job at any point. But I also do think there's something to be said about as the quarterback, you can't be looking over your shoulder every play. And I think it's really, really hard to like have a consistent offense when you switch up, you know, who's running the offense frequently. So that'll be kind of fun to watch just as an outsider. Um, yeah. 1,300 rushing yards for Voliday. He had 1,265 last year. Under, but only because their other running backs are healthy. 
That's fair. They had to they lean on him so much at the end last yeah, year. Yeah, they don't want to feed him 30 times a game. Well, um, he's probably not going to last if they do. No, he's not. He's not that big. I mean, he's he's built. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong. But that's not his body type. He's, I don't know how many college 20-year-olds are supposed to take 40 touches a game. But, um, you know, Trey Smith is back healthy. And, he, you know, he was playing pretty well before he got hurt. Um, Titus Swen is back. They really liked him before he got hurt. And so I don't know if it'll be like a three-headed monster, like evenly, because I think you have to give X the carries because he's proven what he can do. But I don't think <clears throat> I don't think he's going to get enough carries to get there because I think that guys like Trey and Titus are going to are going to carry the ball too. And I think the running game is going to be better than it was. But I don't think he'll necessarily have. I think he'll score more touchdowns. More touchdowns, just less yards. Well, part of that too is Chambers had like 10 rushing touchdowns. Yeah. So he was their red zone guy. Yeah. Um, and so I think he'll score more touchdowns, but I think he'll have less rushing yards just because I think, you know, in a perfect world, they're healthy back there. Definitely makes sense. It's going to be CSU versus Wyoming is really going to be an interesting dynamic because it's going to be two offenses that are just like, we want to run the ball 40 times today. And can you stop it? Hopefully a faster game. I am okay with that. Let's let's speed these games up a little bit. I love covering Air Force because it's like you look down and it's already like the third quarter. It's like, oh, this is awesome. Well, it's only been an hour and 40 minutes. It's halftime. I'll be breaking by seven. This is great. <laughs> yeah, the last one, three total touchdowns for wide receiver Gunner Gentry. He's going to be a junior. I think he's going to probably have a breakout season. I do think he's really talented. I watched him a lot in high school. Wanted CSU to get him. Made sense. He went up to Laramie just given his brother and everything Tanner accomplished there. But do you expect a, a breakout year for for Gunner Gentry? Three touchdowns. Yeah, for, I'll definitely take the over on that one. Um, I think he he's one of those big bodied receivers they're really excited about. He and uh, Aiden Eberhart. He's the one who made that crazy play in the the Arizona Bowl uh, that made like I think it was like number two in ESPN's top ten plays that day. Yeah. They have those big body guys that can make explosive catches that guys like, uh, you know, they've had recently couldn't do. And so, uh, you know, I talked to Gunnar a couple of days ago and he's been working with Tanner. Um, and he's like, he's lost 10 pounds. I think he said he's just been working on leaning up and, uh, you know, Wyoming's offensive coordinator kind of told me that between Tanner's second and third year is when he took that big jump. And he's and he said, I wouldn't be surprised if Gunner does the same thing because he's right there. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I know they like him. Uh, he's he's really talented. Um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him. And, and he seems, you know, I think the name definitely helps uh, people get excited. Yeah, obviously. For him. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think he's going to be pretty, pretty darn good. He just he reminds me a lot of because. As a, as a, like a as an opposing guy watching Tanner Gentry at Wyoming, you would watch them, and you know Wyoming back when they had like Brian Hill, they pound it and they pound it and they pound it, and then they catch you on you know a little play action play, and there's Gentry running a comeback because he was a slippery little you know slippery route runner, and he burns you for 15, he burns you for 18, you know, he's not like the guy that you fear, you know, torching you over the top for 70 on any given play, but he's just so consistent. Yeah, no, he's a, I, he's, a, he's a technician. I think he just does all of those little things really, really well. And, um, 
you know, I think working with his brother was probably a pretty big advantage. Uh, oh, totally. Just, you know, what do I do here? How do I, you know, get yeah, myself a better position? And he knows how to approach things from a mental perspective that maybe Gunner doesn't. And um, I, I don't think it's ever going to hurt working out with a guy who's been on NFL squads, you know? I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> well, Michael, thank you so much for doing this, man. It was always great to catch up with you. Tell the people where they can find you, where they can follow your work, social media, all that fun stuff. Uh, well, follow me at your own risk, but it is uh, Twitter's at Michael L. Katz, K-A-T-Z. Uh, I work for yosports.net, two newspapers, or actually it's four newspapers, but the two big ones are the Laramie Boomerang and the Wyoming Tribune Eagle out in Cheyenne. So if you want to read some stuff about uh, the hated Cowboys, uh, just go to yosports.net and you'll, you'll see the byline. Hey, the best, the best fans are educated fans. So you need to follow all the teams. If you want to, if you want to be able to talk trash accurately, you got to be able to know what's going on. That's all I'm saying. I wish more of them felt that way. I really do. (laughs) Me too, man. Me too. (laughs) But uh, thank you so much, man. Great to have you on. We're going to try and have you on more, you know, throughout the season, talk more Mountain West, all that fun stuff. And and USC, hopefully that USC Alabama game happens on the fifth. (laughs) Fingers crossed it doesn't, to be honest. (laughs) It'll be okay.